What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, September 11th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? Not much. What's up with you? Man, I'm just chilling. You know, vibing on a Friday. Oh, you're vibing? I like that. I like yeah, a good man. vibe. You know what just I mean? Just vibing. Here's what I appreciate about how Kevin has set up the show today. You know what I mean? Is that... He know he flips us sometimes, and I don't know why he flips the images. It's a Kevin thing. It's what he needs to do. I understand. It's, I'm not arguing that. It doesn't matter. It's not a me. It doesn't matter. It's it doesn't matter. Well, I just well, I mean, if you're gonna say I it's don't a care. me thing, well, you should say it's a me thing. You should have been the image is flipped. Don't say it to me. Why thing. is the image flipped? I don't understand why the image is flipped. But I, like, oh, sometimes make we it look <laughs> like people are looking the right way. But then sometimes blessing in the preview is looking a different way. Now I have to flip them again. Look at him. No, don't flip them yet. Don't flip them yet. Don't flip them yet. Because I was going to say. I don't know if you realize this. Discord has windows. And when I'm looking at you over at the conference thing, I'm looking yeah, right. When I'm looking when at I Greg, I'm looking at the show, center. I'm like, hey, look at the window. Like, look where you're going to look. Yeah, but usually I'm going to look at Greg. I'm looking usually whoever's at the center. What screen. I want to compliment is that on all, uh, in real life, Blessing's rare jacket, the logo's backwards. You're seeing it from the wrong side. But in the flipped oh, image, yeah. it looks normal. You know what I mean? That's what I like. See, look that's nice. all oh, I yeah, that's cool. I'm just going to say. That's all I was going to say. All right? I don't care if the images are flip-flopped upside. If you can put me upside down and 180 me, Kevin, go ahead. If you can give me a Dutch angle this entire show, go for it. I can't do Who fucking angle. cares? We're having a good time. Greg, I like your shirt. Thank you. It's a Portillo shirt. You might have seen it's a very it before. like bright, loud instance. shirt. Oh man, with I'll good tell you pattern. What, if my friend shirtless Spider Man was here, this would be a perfect time for him to like. Oh wait, I'll go this way, right? No, yeah, that's right, right. And hold on, do this and do this and do this, and it's like I'm sticking, I'm sticking to the top. I if mean, you're an audio oh, listener, oh, I no see you're doing but, that. Yeah, you see, yeah, I'm doing that. See, you under your desk, duck down under your desk, pop up slowly, and be like, oh. You could have also like done the thing where it's like you you lift up your mask to just your lips, and then Mary Jane, shirtless Mary Jane appears out of nowhere. <laughs> we cannot. I tell you right now. First <laughs> off, I only take photos on. of shirtless Spider-Man. And secondly, shirtless Mary Jane is not allowed on Twitch. All right? No? All right? That's not a thing that happens out I there. feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's a moral issue. How, how come shirtless Spider-Man is allowed? And shirtless I, no, Mary Jane I don't get me wrong at all. I agree with you 100%. Is all right? I understand. World? Why can male nipples be on Instagram but not female nipples? This is the fight I'm willing to fight. You know what Spider-Man. I mean? And a lot of internet content creators aren't... Uh, 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 ready. Uh, they aren't brave enough to fight this fight. They aren't strong enough to fight this fight. But I am strong enough, ladies and gentlemen. Free the nipple on Instagram. All right? I'm sick of all these fucking emojis fucking up my feed. These weird blurs. I know what's there. Show me that areola. <laughs> Blessing, show me your areola. You know what I mean? Come Blessing, on. You don't legally have to do anything. I don't legally have being, to. Okay. No, you don't have to. You do not. The shirt stays on. It's not a legal thing, Blessing. This isn't me as your boss. This is me as a human being with nipples asking you to um, join my cause to free the areolas on the when Instagram. When you say it, no, 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 that, me as you your HR, fake HR person in the office is telling you, you, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Fight the urge. Yeah, but he's not asking me as my boss, though. He's asking me just as a human being who wants to see my areolas. I mean, in that case, I think we're clean. Show him them nip naps. Can we do that on Twitch yet? I always, this is always the scary thing. As long thing as with no one's paying I'm, for it, right? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Male nipples are okay on Twitch as long as they're not like the centerpiece of the show. I don't know how it works. I, I feel like we've <laughs> talked about them too much. It's the centerpiece. Move on, move on, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, let's stop talking about them luscious areolas and talk about instead rumors of the Switch Pro heating up, Ubisoft Forward, and what happened there. And of course, why was the Xbox 
Series S, codenamed the Lockhart. We'll get to all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can ask us your questions each and every day. You can get the show ad-free. You can get the exclusive post show we do on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames along with the exclusive Patreon show, Bless Up, that you get each and every month. Of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. We understand. You can go to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. You can watch us record the show live there and be part of it if you go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We need you to tell us what facts we screw up as we screw them up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, rooster teeth, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you. I got two blessing. Eddie Oye Jr. Jams. Number one, uh, his preview of Immortals Phoenix Rising is up right now. Yeah. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, along with our uh, live reactions to the Ubisoft forward. Uh, we're going to talk about Ubisoft, so we'll talk about Phoenix Rising there, but there is a standalone preview over there. I urge you to go watch. Blessing and Andy work really hard yes. on it. And, and also, second, I also want to shout out, unless this is where you're going, uh, I don't know if we've talked about Call of, uh, Andy's Call of Duty first impressions that he put up on Wednesday. I think we forgot about it because we had two first impressions go up this week. But mm. Andy, got, of course, got to play Black Ops Cold War, got to play a lot of the multiplayer there recently, and he talked all about his experience with the multiplayer uh, uh, as part of Kind of Funny First Impressions on YouTube.com. It's kind of funny games. My second half of the blessing, Eddie Oye Jr., double team is the fact that this weekend you have a pax panel don't you oh i do yeah this sunday sunday at 7 30 where can yeah. people watch that and what is it uh so me belinda garcia yusef mcgeed and rihanna Manuel of what's good games uh we we were we're in a group chat we're we're having a, a conversation a while ago and we we came up with the idea we didn't come up with the idea. We saw somebody else see the idea. Stole idea. Yeah, you stole we, stole, idea. we stole this idea from, I forget who, uh, what their name is, but there was essentially a, a fun uh, viral YouTube video that was floating around, which uh, had some some celebrities try to figure out who could bring the highest profile celebrity into their Zoom chat. And they did that over the course of time and edited it all together. And it was this fun thing. We figured that we try to do like the video games industry version of that, where uh, the, the title of the PAX panel is who can get the the biggest, I forget exactly what it is, but who can get the biggest video games personality into our Zoom. Uh, and so that's happening at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash PAX2 as a PAX panel if you want to show up and hang out for that. Woo! Yeah. Watch that. Um, I guess we'll host it too, right? You know how to host things? Host things. Host it here. Twitch.tv. I've never TV. logged into the Twitch. And oh, I, and here I, we fucking I'm, go. I know if I try to, that'll then send you a text and you'll yeah, have to give me the code. And I feel like that's a whole hassle. A Why hassle. don't you want to talk to me on the weekends? You know what I mean? God forbid like, you play something I like. You won't play Avengers. Like, oh. You won't play Predator. You know what I mean? I don't want to make you work on the weekends, though. You know, I feel like asking for the Twitch token is like making you. Show okay, so real office. quick, you don't want to make me work on this weekend. Are you not fucking calling me for this panel? I am calling you for this panel. That's true. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, aka Momo, uh, Tom Bach, and Black Jack. Today, we're brought to you by DC Fan Dome. Explore the multiverse and the GG app, but I'll tell you about those later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. We have five items and maybe a sixth breaking news. A baker's dozen. 
Nice, I like that you corrected it. it great save. A baking uh, nurse. I fucked up, guys. I fucked up. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, I'm right there with you, Kev. That's I great. do it all the time. I don't. I love you, and I don't. Don't worry about it. Uh, number one on the Roper Report: Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. How close to an upgraded Nintendo Switch are we? This is Takashi uh, Mochizuki at Bloomberg. Nintendo Co. has asked its assembly partners to increase production of its Switch gaming console again, raising its goal to as much as 30 million units for the fiscal year, according to people familiar with its strategy. The Japanese games maker has been struggling to keep up with Switch demand for the most part of this year, boosted by the runaway success of Animal Crossing New Horizons and the coronavirus pandemic lifting gaming demand. It has raised production orders to 25 million units in early August, but now that has proven insufficient and assemblers are now operating factories at 120%, the people said, asking to remain anonymous because the targets are private. Nintendo shares reversed uh, yeah, reverse losses Wednesday to gain as much as 2.3% after the report. Switch production, production was stifled by coronavirus lockdowns in China early in the year, but those issues have since been ironed out and Nintendo's supply chain is now fully operational. Yet the surge in demand that the company has seen off the back of Animal Crossing has been uncommon, with both the game and the console sustaining elevated sales momentum six months after the island-hopping title's release. Of course there, more Nintendo Switches, more being led by Animal Crossing. That's all well and good. That's fascinating. That's a new story unto itself. But here's where I, I think this gets interesting. The introduction of a much more affordable Switch Lite variant in late 2019 helped broaden the machine's potential audience, and Nintendo is making preparations for an upgraded Switch model and a beefed-up games lineup in 2021, Bloomberg News has reported. Several outside game developers, speaking anonymously as the issue is private, said that Nintendo has asked them to make their games 4K ready, suggesting a resolution upgrade is on its way. A Nintendo spokesman uh, declined to comment. The Kyoto-based games company reported vastly improved earnings for the quarter ended June, driven largely by Animal Crossing and an accelerated transition to digital game purchases. It will be challenged by the dual threat of console rivals Sony Corp. and Microsoft Corp. releasing their next-gen PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S machines in the fall. However, analysts are not convinced that it will be enough to slow the switch. Quote, our data suggests the Switch hasn't fulfilled demand yet, said an industry tracker for Famitsu Group. Switch sales are likely to gain further momentum at the year end. The Animal Crossing phenomenon stirred Switch demand for two otherwise latent classes of gamers, uh, the Famitsu Group said. Uh, those who are waiting for the console's game library to expand and those who wouldn't otherwise pay attention to games but were drawn in by the global hype. So two different stories happening here. Uh, blessing at AOE Jr. Number yeah. one, fucking goddamn Animal Crossing. What a juggernaut of a game this is. And again, when we sit here, I know we've talked about it on uh, this show and Gamescast and everything we do kind of funny about games, but like this weird year for Nintendo where it is, man, where is where was all the first party stuff? Where was this? Is, is it a success? Is it not a success? All right, the Mario Collection, is that good enough? None of it fucking matters. They could have just done Animal Crossing, it seems like, and been fine this yeah. year. I wonder I wonder how much of that they expected. You know, Animal, Animal Crossing has been the Switch's fastest selling game. It's on track to become the highest selling game for Switch. And you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if it overtook Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I wonder how much of that Nintendo expected based yeah. on what their their library and their catalog is cuz I feel like if I was Nintendo, I would have I would have assumed that Pokémon would have been that. 
and Pokemon still sold well, but Animal Crossing is taking off and on a level that I think would have been unforeseen by anybody. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think it, that was the question leading into it. You and I had right on this show where we went through and tried to figure out where we thought it was going to fall in the first party rankings of or you know best-selling nintendo games where we thought this was going to go and it was at the time yeah is it going to be better than pokemon is it going to do this and now it's just this runaway success that yeah again i think came out it, it's obviously it is the game. most successful switch title is that official now right i, I mean what do you I, define by success yeah 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 exactly like we don't know if it's out you don't know if it's number one yet you know they the last time they posted numbers i think it was number two or number three um, but at this point, compared to the number one and number two, right, which would be uh, Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and I forget what was second behind that. But get like the Wikipedia, of everyone. yeah, get, get yeah. The right Wikipedia now it's at right now, yeah, right now it's number two. So right now it's Mario Kart okay. 8 Deluxe at 26.7. This is Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 26.74 million units sold as of June 30, 2020. Then Animal Crossing: New Horizons at 22.40 million as of June 30, 2020. Of course, worth pointing out, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at, I'm just going to round up for argument's sake, 27 million, and it came out in 2017, right? Yes. Uh, then you have Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, at 22 million, almost 22 and a half, right? And it came out in March. Like, yes. that's, I mean, our Animal Crossing that's, is that's what I'm guaranteed saying when I to say, pass this. Yes. That's what I'm saying when I say this is the most successful Switch title. Uh, yeah. Especially when you when you even factor in, right, like what we're saying as far as what was Nintendo's expectation for this. Like, yeah. Nintendo very likely expected Mario Kart 8 Deluxe to have the attach, attachment rate that it does for the console. Animal Crossing is what passed one, like the... um. Uh, like a one to three attach rate per unit, right? Given that there's there's around sixty thousand switches out there, that's insane for a game that came out this year, like seven months ago. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous, and it's awesome because Animal Crossing is so good. But I think in a, it, it's 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 that combination of factors we were talking about, right? Where even though it sucks, the world had to go into a pandemic and in a shelter in place and a real shit show of 2020. It came out at the right time and not on purpose. Obviously that's just when it was going to launch, but it launched at a time when we were all being locked down and we couldn't go out and see our friends. So people started sharing that way and experiencing the outdoors that way and socializing that way and not having to wear a mask and do all these different things. And, you know, as Gary Witta said at the time before he foolheartedly made a talk show about it and took his, his escape and made it work. <laughs> he was talking about like, that's exactly this is what i needed right now i needed something that was just good that was just comfort food that was like you know heartwarming and that's what animal crossing was and is to this moment and i think the way they've been updating it and keeping it up is the reason people continue to come to it exactly exactly so like looking at looking at the the 4k switch stuff uh that's something that i'd say isn't necessarily a, a surprise like i feel like that's been an, an assumed thing you know that we've all, we've all assumed that, that a switch pro is coming based off the trends we've seen consoles go through and, and even Nintendo handhelds go through over the years. Like the 3DS got a, an enhanced model. Uh, PS4 got PS4 Pro. Xbox got the Xbox One uh, S and One S X. Uh, and so like naturally, I think we've all made the assumption that the Switch Pro is coming and we've even had more and more rumors leading yeah. up to like even earlier this week and I think last week similar stuff being said bloomberg reporting on it i think takes it to, to another level uh because you know when bloomberg starts reporting on something that means that yeah no this is for real for real happening uh <laughs> the adults and, are talking about this <laughs> yeah ex exactly like jason schreier has something to say that means that yeah, it must yeah. be accurate uh and like you know that all lines up that sounds cool that um i the the idea of them 
releasing the Switch Pro or whatever it's going to be called with a uh, like a games lineup to go with it. I think is fascinating. Makes sense, but I wonder what they mean by lineup because I would have I would have thought that yeah, you can release Breath of the Wild two with it. And yeah. that'll be enough to to build that hype momentum. Them using the word lineup makes me think that, oh, maybe we're going to get part two of 2017 where we get Breath of the Wild 2 and yeah. maybe like later in the year we get Mario Odyssey 2. I know that's dreaming big, but, you know, like maybe we get another Splatoon or like the we start to see round two uh, or the sequels to the games we've gotten over the last. Well, not even anywhere years is Metroid Switch. Prime, right? Like that's yeah. the other one, too. And I granted, I know that's been rebooted, restarted. But is that a possibility for a fall 2021 release on this, you know, beefed up Nintendo Switch or even a, I would say, uh, spring t- or ha- first half of the year 2022? If you can give that light at the end of the tunnel, right? That's what I feel like Nintendo gamers were missing the most this year was this idea of. All right, cool. We have Animal Crossing. What's next? And it was that thing of Paper Mario, sure, but even that was announced later in the year. And so then, like, to get that drip feed of Paper Mario, then the Pikmin announcement, and now this Mario collection. Now you step back and look, and again, I think it doesn't matter. It could have just been Animal Crossing. Everybody would have been okay. This is a successful year for Nintendo. Now you look back, like, all right, cool. There's something. If I'm only a Switch player here the entire way. But you didn't know that in January. That was the problem everybody had. Yeah. Where it was like, what is Nintendo's lineup? Oh, we're waiting for E3 to find out. E3 doesn't happen. And Nintendo also says, hey, we're not ready to do a presentation at E3 or at E3 timeframe. That was alarming to a lot of people. Understandably so, because that's so different. It does feel like they're they're holding back the floodgates, too. When you look at the Slater releases we have for the Switch. Like, we have Pikmin 3. We have Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which are ports of the like the first three 3 mario games not remakes or anything that's big that's been the whole big hubbub we've had about it you yeah. have uh three 3d world or 3d land i think it's 3d world super mario 3d world plus bowser's fury coming out yeah, that's early world. in the in the year next year and these are all ports like these are all games that nintendo could have released at any time you know during this switch generation but i feel like right now it does feel almost placeholderish while we wait for the bigger hitters and i wonder what that like I, I wonder what that means as far as, you know, COVID being a thing and that probably pushing some of their lineup that they had for this fall. Uh, no More Heroes 3 being delayed yesterday, which we didn't get to talk too much about. But, you know, that puts that game in 2021, you know, which is going to be big for that game. Uh, Sports Story, I think, got delayed recently. And I, 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 Did I There have been so many games delayed. Yeah. Maybe they just haven't talked about it. Um, but for some reason in my head, it's, it's delayed till next year, which I think would make sense and would be, you know, Big for an indie game coming to Switch. Golf Story came to Switch in 2017 and helped bolster that first year lineup. Uh, next year is going to be huge for the Switch. You know, all things considered, like looking at what we got, looking at even Bayonetta three, which we've heard nothing about. You know, if that hits next year, we're looking at a, at something great. Yeah, and I, I personally, I'm I'm stoked for a new switch not that i hate my current switch but like uh battery life was a big thing you know what i mean when they start when they put in the new battery into the main switch even what they were getting in the switch light or whatever i thought about it but then and then obviously i didn't travel this year so it hasn't actually been an issue but when we are back i hope the switch pro has a improved battery obviously on top of better visuals or whatever even though that's not what i'm looking for when i'm playing animal crossing it'll be interesting to see but i think i do believe these rumors that we're getting a switch pro next year do you do you how do you take the the uh comment from the analyst talking mm-hmm. about or the industry tracker yeah. talking about how going into the year end the switch is going to continue to gain more momentum because that's the one thing I find the most fascinating about this you know I, that's something that I find hard to believe almost really and I know, I know it's like I know it's the fall and it's holiday and so people are going and you're going to get Black Friday and so people are going people are going to show up uh to buy a switch and buy switch software then but 
this fall compared to any Switch fall past is lacking. Like last year, we got Pokemon. Year before, sure. uh, I, I can't go through each of the years, but we've we've gotten big games for the fall, right? Twenty seventeen, yeah. we got Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had big falls for the Switch. This fall seems very, you know, like I'll tepid stop. In I, comparison. I'll tell you, I'll stop. And I, I, but I think they are still riding this Animal Crossing wave. And really? I do. And I and I know it sounds crazy, probably, but I think there's probably a lot of people that this is what we're we're talking so much about with next gen for PS5 and Xbox. Uh, this idea that. Oh well, they have to have this entry point. No, if it's cheaper, you know, da, da, da. and it's like, well, in reality, these both these boxes are going to sell out because there's the hardcore group of us, you and the listener, uh, who will buy this stuff no matter what. That we love this shit and this is our life, right? There are so many other people though. I think of my friend Kyle, uh, who is the guy who waited in line in college and got the GameCube, and then you know we played stuff and then i moved in with him and we played animal crossing on that gamecube and we played card on that gamecube and it was in the center of the living room right and i never grew up i stayed in neverland <laughs> and just talk about toys all day long and kevin went or, uh, uh, kyle went and grew up and had a family and became an actual business person yada 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 i to my knowledge he still doesn't own a switch but i do think you see this in the news, you hear these reports, you look at a library that is all of a sudden, all right, well, they have Mario Kart. Okay, they have uh, this collection. I can go play 64 again, or Sunshine, you know, Sun which I know he loved. And then it is this idea of like, and I loved Animal Crossing, and I hear this new one's really good. It, it becomes one of those purchases, I feel, that you say you're out there with your partner or significant other or family or whatever. And you mentioned like, Oh yeah, I've seen that. That's cool. I've thought about it, but I didn't do it. And that becomes the, Oh, I'm going to put that in the back of my mind for a Christmas gift, let alone the kids who, you know, parents all year long hear from them that they want this, they want this, they want this. And they sit there and wait for that Christmas tree moment to put it under there. Right. You know, I remember that for so many of my consoles and games being that it didn't matter when they came out. It was that, Hey, I really wanted this thing. And, it was going to be a Christmas gift. You, you, you know, when you, usually when you get to that like summertime frame, if it hasn't happened through a birthday or something else, it's going to be a, you know, build up to the holiday. And so yeah. I do think there's a lot of, I think you're going to see a lot of the switch lights get sold along with animal crossing. I think you're going to see a lot of those uh, Mario collections move at the same time based on that. It's just the idea that what, like when the, the fall software lineup is not looking as strong, but then also we do have next gen consoles releasing at the same time. And I sure. like, I'm with all, everything you're saying. I, I agree that like, you know, N Nintendo is, is its own beast. Like, there's not really much that is going to distract from if your kid wants to switch, you know, they're they want to switch. You know, I know yeah. I, like a lot of kids out there are going to want the Xbox Series X or the Xbox Series S or the PS5. But switch still holds its own as far as what that means uh, to a wider audience and, and to kids yeah. and everything. Right. And so, like, you know, I I would be shocked, though, if this if sales this fall, like compared to sell to, to sales in falls past um mm, but yeah mm, i don't necessarily mm. know if that means that like the switch isn't gonna sell you know i think well, i have a war chest of stories that everybody's heard a million fucking times right but one that i don't dust off that often it was a wake-up call to me i think and about how the video game industry actually moves for the majority of the consumers out there and i know people are always like oh man you guys get your games for free so you don't understand the value of 60 dollars." and i argue that i do understand that but i you, i understand what you're saying this is me coming to the realization about the video game industry when I was not really a part of it still. When I was writing for the paper my, and I was doing the game over blog that would eventually get me to IGN. But when I was just doing uh, being a mid-Missouri newspaper reporter, I remember going to my ex's family's Christmas and it would have been December 2006. And I remember uh, one of her cousins 
opening up a Christmas gift and it was the the newest PS2 Slim, like the small, you know, the tiny, mm-hmm. tiny one. Yeah. And I remember him flipping out. And it was such a moment for me of like, that thing I had that in when I went to college, I bought that in 2001. You know what I mean? Like I, or no, I bought that in 2000 before I went to, oh no, hold on, hold on. Yeah. 2000. And then I went to college in 2001. So 2000, I bought that. I waited in line and here we are seven years later and you're flipping out to get this thing. But it was exactly what I'm talking about here where it, the parents, he was, he's a video game fan, but he's a casual video game fan. It wasn't like w- what his whole life revolved around. And his parents also didn't prioritize that if, as a gift on, on top of like, you know, whatever other activities and things they helped finance for him or whatever. And so it was this idea of him getting it. And then I remember him opening and be like, oh my God, in the library and talking about all these games he had wanted to play that were now out there and in the greatest hits bundle and in the used pile and all these things that if you're not there, like we are living and dying for day and day, I need the hottest thing. I need to be part of the conversation. I think there is such a strong argument to getting on later on. And I think, again, I mean, that, that was that was me right like that i didn't get a ps2 probably until like 2003 and i didn't get a ps3 until maybe 2010 you know and like i would say that's the way that most people experience these things right how many how many ps4s sold in the first year versus how many ps4s out in the wild now right like we're we've passed like the 100 million mark in in terms of ps4 hardware and in the first year right like where we're at like 10 million 20 million um and so like most people are going to most people are going to get hardware like past like past the 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 the, uh launch period and that's just that's that's how things go yeah and uh, yeah it's a fascinating world to be a part of and i think that's why we get so caught up in in figuring out what the latest and greatest is but you have to think of like you know for switches uh, for the Fimitsu report here right that you know switch sales are likely to gain further momentum at the year end it's just a thing that yeah so many people have picked up on this and gone there uh 2013 sony's latest consoles first first launched in 2013 uh when it sold 13.7 million units worldwide there you go so there you go right there you're right there with the money now here we go number two on the roper report kevin i'm throwing your curveball this is the breaking news literally of course as always as we went live twitter lit up with some information here so i'm going to read two sets of tweets that are all referencing this techcrunch.com article, which reads, Apple revisits App Store rules to permit game streaming apps, clarify in-app purchases, and more. This was written by Sarah Perez and Anthony Ha. It went up at 10.07 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, my God. So literally seven minutes after we started the show. That's so telling you already, I'm going to jump to two different uh, tweet threads about it to give you, I think, the boiled down version. Uh, I'm going to go to Mark Gurman, who, if you aren't familiar, Apple scoops for a decade and counting now at Bloomberg News and TV. His Twitter thread uh, condensing the article goes like this. App Store review guidelines changed this morning. Loosening restrictions on streaming games no longer requiring online classes apps parentheses if between two people uh, to use apple in-app purchase and loosening rules on free email apps having to use iap hey wordpress etc streaming games streaming games changes will still not really allow an all-you-can-eat gaming service like microsoft game pass however they are allowing individual streaming games for the first time and you can build a catalog provided it points to each download via the app store in-app purchase changes uh, addressed the concern that Apple was taking 30% of revenue from classes that moved online due to the pandemic. Now, you don't have to use Apple's IAP. However, big caveat, this only applies excuse me, uh, to one-on-one classes, not groups. I think that's more about the WordPress stuff, not what we're worried about. 
Next Twitter thread we're going to jump to is Daniel Ahmad, of course, industry analyst we talk about on the show all the time. Um, Daniel writes, Apple clarifies that it will allow cloud game services on iOS if each game is individually approved by Apple. Apple still takes 30% cut on subscriptions via iOS, but subscribing via PC slash console will allow you to access iOS app, the iOS app too. Uh, this is then, he has a screenshot of a paragraph here from the TechCrunch article that I haven't been able to read because I've been live. The TechCrunch article reads, one key change in the new guidelines explain how Apple will approach game streaming apps like Microsoft xCloud and Google Stadia. The rules now say Apple will allow these services to operate on its app store so long as each individual game title offered by the service is submitted individually to Apple's app review for vetting and has its own app store listing. Which sounds like it breaks everything that we're trying to get to with xCloud and isn't a solution whatsoever. I digress, though. Let's keep yeah. reading because Daniel has more stuff. Daniel then calls out, the huge caveat here is that Apple requires each game to have an individual listing and can be purchased or downloaded separately from the subscription service. This could also be a demo version of the game. One step forward, two steps back, IMO. Yeah. He has, yeah, exactly. He has a screenshot <laughs> I was going to say game. that. It feels like one step forward and like 100 steps back, honestly. Apple's rules also specify that the game services can't disadvantage non-subscribers. In other words, a customer should be able to download any of the individual games in the game streaming service to their device and begin playing instantly, even if they haven't subscribed. But Apple says this can be an introductory experience, not the full game. For example, a customer could play a level or two and then get pitched the upsell to buy the full subscription. Daniel's final tweet in this thread he has. Uh, so yes, this is somewhat good news for xCloud, Stadia, and other cloud gaming services. But it's also going to be complicated to implement and may not be something that a cloud game a cloud game service provider wants to offer in the first place. Will be interesting to see the responses. Yeah, and then he has a whole list here, the full things. Okay, and so he, he has a here list of the full changes, which we've done at the top level, and he says this. In other words, all of the 200 plus xCloud games will need to be submitted to the App Store individually, either as full games or demos. They will need to be approved by Apple individually. Then Microsoft can link its xCloud app to those games to allow subscribers to play the full games. I don't like it. I don't it's like bullshit. it at all. No, like, that's it, not, that's it, it, like it, it is one step forward but with all the like all the caveats all of like the the uh small text that is beneath that one step you know yeah. i i i i don't really like i i don't know if this is if this counts as this a is, win for, yeah, for no, microsoft no, no. at all i i don't think so i think what this is what this is is the first thing to show that you can stagger apple yeah that are, they're like all right cool like i feel like this opens the door and gives that crack of light to be like okay hold on a second how can we this isn't exactly what we need but then maybe you can game the system i don't understand exact it, i don't this, like sorry doesn't this sound like it would help stadia because don't they sell the games individually along with the service so if they're available individually that's fine here's the thing about it and i of course am with you all learning as we go the thing the the struggle i have here is that you you it would be this convoluted thing of, okay, cool. We've made every one of the games available on Stadia, for example, on the App Store. And so when you click on it, you're going into Stadia regardless. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, if, I was, if I'm going to use Stadia on my phone or xCloud on my phone, I'm not playing the game on my phone. I'm using the app for xCloud or for Stadia. 
that's then connecting me to the games yeah. I own in the cloud. Like, I imagine it'll be a thing where if you click the game, it then launches like, xCloud or Stadia. Yeah, it, it, it launches, yeah, Stadia. Or maybe it, like, prompts you to download Stadia so that you can play the game through Stadia. Like, you imagine that they'll have, like, a, lo- like a Stadia logo on each of the, the apps that are you play this through Stadia or something something along those lines to, to let people in or to clue yeah. people in and let people know. Uh, I... I think this, yeah, this does work a little bit better for Stadia uh, than xCloud. xCloud is kind of the one that's mainly on my mind when, in regards to this. Sure. Um, because this this doesn't really work for xCloud. You know, having all the, one, having all the games on, on the App Store, like that sounds like a nightmare on both like the Microsoft side and the user experience side. Like, I feel like that clutters thing things in a way that that either clutter, clutters things or it causes for most games on xCloud just not to appear on the App Store because is it worth it to go through the individual process for every single game that is available on xCloud to get that on to the App Store? That's more so for Microsoft to decide uh, and the individual publishers than anybody else. Um, but it this sounds like one of those situations where, like, yeah, we can see Apple caving a bit. Let's keep fighting. Like, let's keep pushing them. Like, th- th- this feels like one of those situations where you're gonna have to really, like, really stand your ground and make them go all the way uh, in terms yeah. of changing these policies, as opposed to just this, not even halfway approach, like this quarter way approach. Yeah, and I'm trying to. And Gadget's got it broken out as well. And Gadget has it here. Chris Holtz has it as Apple gives Stadia and XCloud the green light to run on iOS but you'll need to download each game directly from the App Store. And then pulling from the rules that we've been talking about in, gener- in, in generalities, they have these guidelines here, right? Streaming game services may offer a catalog app on the App Store to help users sign up for the service and find the games on the App Store, provided that the app adheres to all guidelines, including offering users the option to pay for a subscription with in-app purchase and use sign-in with Apple. All games included in the catalog app must link to an individual app store product page. So like that's what's it's not even that it's it's so many fucking steps, I guess. Let's just think yes. about xCloud, right? xCloud, you'd have the app. Great. You could sign up for xCloud. You could use xCloud. However, every game on there. So Gears 5, uh, Halo Master Chief Collection, uh, Grounded, right? And the hundreds of other ones. You could use through XCloud, but then on top of that, all of the gears would have to have its own app on the app store. And it couldn't just relink to this. It would have to be on there. And so I could download gears five individually. And let's say I could just play it for a few minutes before it asked me to do it. But even then I'm going to download gear five and it's going to open up a separate instance of XCloud and not the XCloud app, a very specific XCloud app that links me right to gears five which isn't impossible. I just feel like is a lot of fucking. Yeah. That's let's take like, 200 games that aren't all up and do this thing. And, and yeah, that's just, that still sucks. Yeah. That it's mainly the, 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 the approval process seems like the most, uh, like clusterfuck kind of thing, you know, yeah. having to do that for each of the, each of the apps that are on X cloud or each of the games that are on X cloud, having to go through that process for it, for, for each of them and have Apple be the ones that are like, okay, yeah, this is okay. Uh, no, we don't like this game because it's too close to something else on our app store, or we don't like this game for whatever reason. So no, we, we're not allowing this one on, a, on, a, uh, uh, on X cloud via Apple. Okay. No, we approve this. Like ha- letting Apple have that power is something that I'm not necessarily all the way down with. And like, that's, it's kind of their prerogative because it is their platform like it is their hardware like they i guess they do have a right to be like yeah no we don't want this thing here but at the same time that's kind of bullshit and it it it, it is kind of counterintuitive for what x, x cloud is and how x cloud works 
uh, in terms of what the spirit of it is, right? Being able to go into my yeah. library and play anything uh, via, uh, I was gonna say remote play, but via streaming, you know, that shouldn't be, that 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 shouldn't be as much of, of a hassle. Like we can do PS4 remote play on Apple, right? Like on you iPhone? Can. Yeah. You can. And like, I don't but necessarily, see, what's the big difference then? The difference there is what they, they've talked about is that that remote play isn't going to a cloud. This is what everybody's con- problem was. Not everybody's Apple's problem mm-hmm. was, and the minutia of their guidelines identify you having a cloud gaming service and you having a uh, what it's peer to peer is what you call remote play, yeah. right? Where it's like I'm dialing into my system that I own and I bought all those games on. They don't like me dialing into the cloud where I'm Netflixing a bunch of games, where I'm getting a whole bunch of different stuff. That's so weird. It is so I weird. Know. I think it's backwards. I think it's outdated. I think it's old, and I think it will change. I don't but- know how quickly. But we'll see. Sorry, Kevin. Isn't it the fear that like that may create a loophole for someone to send unlike edit or unchecked code that could then make the phones hackable at some point? But it's streaming, though, right? Like if yeah, but if the way it's working works, you know. I get like I and I yeah I'm not I'm not necessarily smart enough to yeah. make this claim <laughs> outright, but like that's just my idea, understanding of what the idea that is. the idea that I could upload something to Xbox right that is going to like hack into my phone and people are accessing that through XCloud via well, game streaming somehow seems I mean, far fetched, especially if Microsoft approves it. I, that sounds very true, but remember the Last of Us leaks were basically that, wasn't it? Or I mean, no, that they, was people sorry. going into the servers on Naughty Dog. Like, yeah, that's but, a different thing. Okay, sorry, but didn't they go on the servers on Naughty Dog from a con? No, was it was it from a console? No, no, no. It was that okay. they do, they dug into the uh, what was it? Fuck. They it was that you could see the server like whatever ID kind of shit pop up and one of the things you were playing on one of the. Uh, oh, uh, it was whatever. like Last of Us multiplayer, right? Wasn't, Wasn't that, that how? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. you're right. That's how, and they went back, they re-reversed it that way to get into Naughty Dog servers. Yeah, but that's, the, I don't know, that's, that seems like more of a particular thing where you are on the servers, and you do have, like, I don't know, that's, that seems like a very different scenario from I am playing, like, I don't know, let's say the developer of Golf Story turned evil one day, and he's like, Sports Story is going to hack into sure. Apple. I'm uploading Sport, Sports Story to Xbox, uh, as an app that is available to play through xCloud. All right, cool. I'm doing that through my iPhone. I'm about to connect to the Sports Story, play some Sports Story through streaming to the cloud. Boom, Sto- Sports Story hacks to my phone somehow. That feels like a like a very far-fetched situation that, you know, I, I, I think this more so has to do with Apple being like, all right, how do we, one, make money off of this, right? We want to make our 30%, but then also, how do we make sure that we are not creating a, a, a competition within our own ecosystem? Because people are going theoretically in apple's brain even though i don't think it would work like this i think the way apple's thinking is hey yeah we you have the x cloud store or the x cloud app on your phone people are accessing let's say my uh, uh, xbox game pass through that there's this whole competing store on our service that is competing yeah. against our app store games i think that's the main fear that apple 100%. has with this. the idea is yeah that like okay you're going to subscribe to x cloud and never buy another ios game which i don't think is true either i think i think it would encourage you to buy more but that is their concern and also to your point it's not uh, into this whole somebody uploading and going evil (laughs) via xcloud right i don't think it's that they're worried xcloud is going to go evil i don't think they're worried that a stadia developer is going to go evil i think it's that right now they have this easy as possible mandate laid out of like we don't allow this because then it gets into this 
uh, thing again where we're talking about lawsuits of all right cool we'll make the exception we'll put up microsoft we'll put up stadia you're in congratulations and then you have somebody a group of people who are putting it together through not nefarious means but with less you know oversight and putting together their own kind of streaming thing that then they apple they're like let's put this up and apple's like no we don't let it well why'd you let them in okay you let them in and then that's some backdoor weird thing that could happen yeah or like it's an idea of a developer you know uploads a game that isn't up to standard or you know it's advertised as a 10-hour experience but really it's like a 30-minute game and microsoft approves that apple wouldn't have approved that in their system people are getting mad either which way and they are taking part part of the flag for it is is it that kind of situation you're saying or even like deeper than that no i mean it's 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 the what ifs, I think. And I think yeah. the what ifs spiral out of control real quick. And so that's the problem. I'm looking at Macworld.com, an article from way back, and they're talking about this remote play thing to see if I had it right. In fact, Apple allows both Steam Link and PS4 remote play apps on the App Store. Those apps go through the same approval process as other apps do, security and privacy and content and so on. But they allow users to access vast libraries of games that are not reviewed by Apple. Those apps differ from X, uh, Xbox xCloud gaming because uh, they're meant to work only over your local network. Clever users can link up to the public internet without much trouble, but it's not the intended use. It's a distinction without a difference, though. Uh, how is the fact that many of the PS4, and then we're back to the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, wait, why is that the same thing? Why, why would you allow that and not that? It's a ball of wax. I This is not a win by any stretch of the imaginations, but it's a small victory. (laughs) Yeah, it's the smallest step forward. We aren't having a ticker tape parade and saying we're all using xCloud tomorrow on our phones, but it is, hey, Apple saying, all right, let's change it to this. And now I think the ball's back to Microsoft of, can you make this work or do you push back even more? And is there a way to figure this out where you shake it down to, even if it was... I know this is exactly not this is not what they just said and what we've just read through the multiple people we've sourced today. But even if it was that, listen, we can meet you halfway and give you a demo for xCloud. We can, you know what I mean? Where like you can get into xCloud and play all those games and then xCloud is available for free and that's how you could use it. It's not the same thing at all, but it's closer and it's easier in terms of all this. I don't know, Blessing. We'll have to watch. We'll have to, we'll have to keep surveying. We'll see. Number three on the Roper Report, Ubisoft Forward was yesterday. A bunch of stuff got announced. We want to give you a recap of it. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising was revealed. Of course, this is Gods and Monsters re- renamed, <laughs> redone. It's coming to December 3rd. Uh, it's coming to, deep breath, PlayStation 4, uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Series X, Series S, Switch, PC, and Stadia on December 3rd. Uh, Stadia, however, is getting a demo before launch that will be exclusive to Stadia. It'll be a unique island. It's com- coming sometime later later this year before december 3rd blessing you liked what you played of this game yeah no i i enjoyed it like i've said this before but it's basically a ubisoft's version of breath of the wild and i think that that very much shows in each and every way where you have so many of the mechanics and, and ideas from breath of the wild like the climbing and like the the sh- they have a, a shrine uh um uh like replacement in in not gods and monsters in immortals phoenix rising they have like the open world that is filled with puzzles and all this stuff like a lot of similarities but then also it feels it feels structured like a Ubisoft game, uh, and I was actually talking to my roommate Michael about this last night. But he was very much like, "Oh yeah, it seems like you know Breath of the Wild came out and it and it copied a lot of what Ubisoft was doing, and then Ubisoft saw that and were like, hey, we can copy some of what Breath of the Wild is doing.' I feel like that's a pretty apt way to put it. Almost, you know, when you look at the towers and stuff in, in Breath of the Wild uh, and how that stuff manifests. This uh, game though has me excited. Like I, I, you know, for I'm 
it coming to next gen, I think is exciting. I didn't necessarily expect it not to, but this game was supposed to come out in February. And so I think I had the question of, all right, what does this release look like? And so, you know, that's an exciting thing. I wonder if it looks better. I wonder how, like, I wonder what the difference is between the two SKUs. Um, It also coming to Switch is really exciting because that was a thing they revealed that surprised me, uh, you know, especially with the Breath of the Wild uh, similarities, you know, that coming to Switch, I think is going to be interesting for that audience to see how people take to it and whether people flock to it or people are put off to it, put off by it. I, my my thing, and this isn't me knocking it, right? Breath of the Wild part of that game, I thought, was the journey across the island and making it feel like you were making big steps. Watching uh, what we saw last night from Phoenix Rising, it seemed like traversing the island and getting around seemed quicker. Is that an app description or is that just what it made to look like? I think that's apt, but I also wonder how late in the game that is. Because when I jumped in, mm-hmm. it was halfway through. Yeah. I wonder if toward the beginning of the game, it does feel a lot slower because that is my thing with Breath of the Wild 2. Bre- uh, or Breath, Breath of the Wild, not Breath, Breath of the Wild 1. <laughs> Breath of the Wild 1. Uh, Breath of the Wild felt like one of the biggest open world games I'd played, even though it probably, like, in scale of the map, it probably isn't as, like, it probably isn't that big, you know, in reality. But the way in which they approach, like, that journey aspect of it makes it feel like it's it's huge and you're exploring all these different things and that, like, you know, it, it, you really feel like you're going through a journey because you're kind of exploring that world slowly uh, and meticulously. And, you know, you, they give you the the um, paraglider thing early on yeah. in the game yeah. uh, in Breath of the Wild, right? And so, like, they, they give you some of those ex- ex- those those tools to explore and, like, go through the island quicker. But even even with that, you kind of still feel like you're, you're trekking through and, uh, you know, really getting everything out of the map. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, when I was playing, did feel a bit, like quicker and did feel a bit like onto the next thing, right? You feel like you are going on to the next quest. Breath of the Wild didn't really have a it they, it has a quest system, but it's not as traditional and strict as you see in a lot of, in a lot of other similar open world games. Sure. Uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising does seem to have a quest system that is a bit stricter in terms of hey, go do this thing, cool. That unlocks the next quest. Do this okay. thing, cool. Okay. That unlocks like that. the next like one. That. Which you know, and and I think a lot of people who may not have liked Breath of the Wild for that are going to like. Immortals Phoenix Rising for its quest structure. But I think that also means that you might be exploring this game at a particular pace that is probably going to be a bit quicker. I don't think it is going to be the, oh man, what is this cave over here? I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. And it is like this cool, unique thing that you've never seen before that 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 blows your mind. I don't know how many sure. of those moments you're gonna get, but you are gonna have like open world puzzles and things that are discoverable, just maybe not on the level of Breath of the Wild. Okay. I I had zero hype for this game and then watching yesterday i was like holy shit i'd like to play that and i think december is a great time for it too after like the run to black friday new consoles are out everybody's starting to chill and settle for the holidays this seems like a game i would play in my downtime Uh, on top of that then prince of persia uh the sands of time remake was announced coming january 21st uh every of the current generation no next gen for it uh yuri lowenthal is back uh, that's right, Spider-Man himself, and of yeah. course the prince, the original prince from Prince of Persia. Uh, exciting for that. Looking forward to playing that. I said every, uh, I said current gen. Is it Switch too? I don't think it might. I, don't, I, I actually didn't. Oh, check that. I missed that. I'm not sure. I can check that oh, for you. Thank you very much. Check on that. Uh, Hyperscape got a little shout out. It's still free. They showed some stuff. I didn't pay attention. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege World Cup got uh, something there. Uh, but it, uh, in, in the Rainbow Six Siege way, Ubisoft on Twitter pointed out, upgrade Rainbow Six Siege uh, to, for next-gen consoles at no additional cost and play in 120 frames per second at 4K. 
Uh, then Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The game complete edition was announced. That's coming holiday 2020 as well. Watchdogs yeah. got some time uh, showing what, who's the rapper who was in it. And watchdogs. Oh, uh, Stormzy. Yeah. They showed him uh, getting mocapped yeah. for his rap session. Uh, they reiterated October 29th as the release date, and they announced that Aiden Pierce, the, of course, protagonist from the original Watchdogs, will be part of the season pass. You can get there if you want. Uh, there two is things. going to... Uh, oh, sure. One, Prince Persia, not coming to Switch. Thank you. Uh, Was it coming? So it's two, PC, Xbox, and PS4? PC, Xbox, one, and PS4, yeah. Uh, and then two, I would like to apologize to the Aiden Pierce fans. I, 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 yeah, during the stream, I very much Who made the thought? comment that, hey, nobody's a fan of Aiden Pierce. Nobody cares about Aiden Pierce. There weren't even that many Watch Dogs 1 fans, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and yeah, the Aiden Pierce fans showed up in my mentions. Let me know. They let me know that they exist. And so we out here. I would like we out to, here. to issue, I'd like to issue a public apology to every Aiden Pierce fan. I see you. I hear you. I understand that you exist. Did friend okay, pop good. out? No, Fran did not pop out. <laughs> uh, there is going to be another Ubisoft forward in the coming months. But before then, uh, before the end, there one more thing was Riders Republic, uh, a game from the people who made Steep, this giant multiplayer uh, online game. You're all doing outdoor shit like riding bikes and snowboarding and jumping off crap and doing races. It's coming February 25th, 2021 in GameSpot reports. Even though uh, that's after the launch of the PS5 and Xbox Series X, Ubisoft is offering free upgrades from the the PS4 and Xbox One versions to their respective next-gen versions, which is a very nice move on their part. Very Hopefully excited. they're committed to this. Yeah, talk about this, because you and Tim immediately lit up for this one, and I immediately started reading Twitter. Yeah, like, writers, like I I don't know exactly what it is about this game. I don't know if there's one thing about this game where I was like, this is me. This is what I need. But, like, the more and more they they showed during that trailer, because it, it was a long trailer, the more and more I was like, okay, no, yeah, this seems like it has a fun, like, it seems like a fun combination of quite a few Ubisoft games, right? It seems sure. like it has a lot of steep in it. it. Seems like it has some trials in it. Even it even seems like it has some Far Cry in it when you look at the world and you look at the the some of the colors you see and it almost has like some rage in it all uh, also. Rage, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you look at when you look at the colors. Um I I'm I want to know more about like what the structure of the game is. Like is it Battle Royale? Is it like Fall Guys? Is it just you're doing a bunch of different activities that that um uh scale based on how many players there are from 10 players to 30 whatever? Um, I'm more curious about that, but from the stuff they showed, they showed a game that was very similar to Graffiti from Tony Hawk, where Graffiti is the game where, like, it's a multiplayer game where uh, if you do a trick on a ramp or, like, on a, um, a grind or whatever, yeah. that'll then color that uh, the ramp or the grind your color and you are essentially doing as many tricks all over the map as you can in order to take over the map uh, versus your opponent, almost kind of Splatoonish in a way. Uh, they showed a game that was very much that which made me go, oh, snap. All right, this seems like it has a lot in it in, ter in terms of like the, the, different, the different ways in which you can have fun. Um, and so I'm all about it. It looks cool. It looks like it's going to grow over time. And I'm surprised it's coming out so soon. Yeah, right. February right there. And that actually leads us to a question from the other Sean about the release timing of these Ubisoft games. But before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to be part of the show. And more importantly, you can get the show ad 
ad-free along with the post show we do. But since you're not watching that version, let me tell you about our sponsors. I'll start with DC Fandom Explore the Multiverse. DC Fandom Explore the Multiverse is a 24-hour event that includes over 100-plus hours of content from over 300 DC stars only on September 12th. That is tomorrow, Saturday. DC Fandom Explore the Multiverse will be on demand, which will give you the chance to curate your own experience and actually create the DC world you want to immerse yourself into. This event will be truly tailored to you, making it unlike anything you've seen before. DC Fandom is the first ever global celebration of the DC multiverse, covering the brand's biggest films, live action series, uh, animated TV series, movies, games, consumer products, and comics. DC Fandom will celebrate the past, present, and future of DC content through panels, masterclasses, sessions, behind-the-scenes access, user-generated experience, big reveals, and exclusives, all within an immersive fan experience. Go to DCFandom.com to build your very own playlist to explore the DC multiverse on Saturday, September 12th, and... You can watch along with me, Greg Miller, Tim Geddes, and Nick Scarpino from 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Tim asked me what I wanted to see. I submitted my picks. And if I don't get them to watch the Smallville panel with me, heads will roll. Our other sponsor is the GG app. There's an overwhelming amount of games coming out at or coming to us every day. One thing we all have in common is spending way too much time trying to keep track of all of them. What's in my backlog? What should I play next? Where are my friends playing? The great news is that the GG uh, is that GG is a website and mobile app that fills the void. GG helps you crush your backlog. You can organize your collection any way you want and make list rankings, uh, list, lists or rankings that are easy to share. Think of it as letterboxed for video games. GG is developed by Charles Watson, a kind of funny best friend and one man team. He's working nonstop to add features, engage uh, the community and keep GG 100% ad free for everybody. Because there are no ads, GG is supported completely by the elite tier members, many of whom are kind of funny best friends. The elite tier unlocks extra features, such as adding a backdrop picture to your profile, pinning reviews and lists to your profile, fading games completed from, from your list. Oh, hold on. Because I have the app and I've been using it. And so, I, have oh, not. I, actually, I actually wanted to say I, um, I, made, I made an account today. Oh, yeah? for for gg yeah i just i mean i completed Easy, one list really? uh games i'm looking forward to and so you can follow me at blessing well, gg on gg oh well if you're doing that follow me at game over greggy on gg oh right. yeah i'll come do that on, there it is there it is there it's almost there kevin it's almost so focused blurry. it's almost focused it's also I, reversed ah uh, game over greggy on uh, gg uh now it's perfect time to add persona 5 to your completed games like greg never could why didn't I read this ad ahead of time? Or check out Barrett's top 50 games of all time and wonder how he could rank Donkey Kong 64 over The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, you could also make custom lists like Game of the Year for every year since your birth or rank the Zelda franchise, which we guarantee will always include a hot take. To sign up and rep the kind of funny flag, go to ggapp.io slash elite and use the code KFBF40 to get 40% get a 40% lifetime discount off of your elite subscription. And keep an eye out on Twitter for a special feature just for best friends. Again, that's ggapp.io slash elite. Join the GG movement. GG. Uh, blessing. Greg. Believe it or not, we had a lot of questions about this Ubisoft forward stuff, all right? The first oh, wow. comes from the other Sean, who writes... Holy Yves Guillemot bank account, KFGD. Are we really getting a big Ubisoft game every month for the foreseeable future? We got Watch Dogs Legion next month, Assassin's Creed November, Phoenix Rising December, Prince of Freaking Persia January, Far Cry 6 February, not to mention Scott Pilgrim, Riders Republic, etc. Is Ubisoft blowing their load or what? We know several of these games were delayed from earlier in the year, but is it too much? 
I, for one, am interested, even excited for several of these title, but there's titles, but there's no way in hell I can afford them all or roll credits on what I will pers- or what will presumably be long games. Is this a wise strategy for Ubisoft to launch all these games so close to each other? Or will some get lost in the busy holiday season? I, for one, can tell I'll be waiting for some of these titles to be discounted or available on a streaming pass. Just curious for your thoughts and general and the general holiday overload that's coming. Thanks and keep being awesome. The other Sean. This is what I've been saying. Like this fall going into this spring is super wild for Ubisoft because yeah, they do have at least one game coming out this month. Like or not this month, uh, each month. Each month, right? Yeah. And like some months they have more than one game. You know, which is the 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 wild thing, right? Like Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Phoenix, uh, Prince of Persia. Like it is a very busy time for them. And uh, to your question, other Sean, you know, is the is this a good thing or a bad thing for them? I. I could see some of the games, uh, you know, getting kind of eaten, you know, by by, by yeah. other releases, particularly Watch Dogs Legion. I don't th- feel like is in a good place for what that game is. Very bad place. I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to Watch Dogs Legion, and that's the game that is. It's an open world, you know, third person action game. But you want you want to perform on a certain level. But this fall being squished between Assassin's Creed and uh, even bigger like Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk, you know, like those are t- those are I think those are the two games that that game has to worry about when it comes to what that game is right for me personally in looking at it i feel like i'm not i think it's a smart strategy because i do and it granted stick with me i know this thing i what what happens with console launches they get launched and the launch lineup is whatever but you play things you wouldn't normally play so the fact that we're talking about some of these, I mean, Watch Dogs Legion's Assassin's Creed, right? Already having PlayStation 5 versions. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Immortals Phoenix Rising, having a PlayStation 5 Xbox next-gen version. Great idea in terms of, yep. especially spreading that out into December, right? Where you're going to have this rush of launch titles and then probably a quiet new next-gen world until spring. Having Phoenix Rising there, I think, makes it make sense. Prince of Persia is a different beast because it's not there. But then Riders Republic and Far Cry 6 being next-gen, you're there too. Ubisoft's trying to ride that wave, I think. And I think for the most part, it actually does make sense with the exception of Watch Dogs. I, as I, you all know, you watched long enough. I loved Watch Dogs too. I think it was criminally underplayed. I think it was an amazing game. I think that Watch Dogs Legion is this really cool idea that I really enjoy playing and I can't wait to get my hands on. But I, as soon as they, as soon as I, I play that, start playing that and I'm having a good time with it, whether I'm, if I've rolled credits or not, when Valhalla's code drops, I'm going to want to jump into Valhalla more. And I think that's a lot of people. Those games are competing neck and neck right there, let alone like you're talking about Cyberpunk being on the horizon too, which could hurt Assassin's Creed, but Assassin's Creed also is its own ball of wax, yeah. its own giant thing. Then you get into Phoenix Rising's, it got, you know, it's it's ancient Greece, so it kind of smacks of Odyssey, but it is way more of a Breath of the Wild thing. And so that's a different kind of game. Prince of Persia is a remake of this old game that is beloved and has this juice behind it. And also, I hope, is a test bed to get more Prince of Persia. I think that game's going to be fine. And then Riders Republic and Far Cry 6, I feel, while similar in the fact that open worlds or whatever, are very different. Where I look at Riders Republic and it, it reminds me of Forza's and Burnout to an extent and all that. And obviously Steep and, you know, Trials and all that jazz. But And even Fall Guys, we saw some of that in some of the race footage they were showing. Which I get, I get leveling up your riders and customizing it and getting together and going and do challenges with friends. That's not right. my kind of game. Whereas Far Cry how, Six, how can I it am. not be? You know, I'm not like, into. I mean, it's just a personal thing. I'm just, I don't. Oh, it's the man, same I'm, reason I, I, I'm like, so I'm excited. so happy everybody's into Tony Hawk, and I'm just like, I don't. That's not my kind of skateboarding game. It's just not what I, I want it. out of it. And so, like, maybe, I, maybe I'll demo it and it'll change and we'll come around or whatever. But 
we'll see. I think it, I think they're different enough with the exception of Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed being so close. And I do think it's going to take Watch Dogs out of their legs. Yeah, like, I mean, a big reason why this fall is so busy for Ubisoft is because Watch Dogs Legion and Immortals Phoenix Rising were both supposed to come out towards the beginning of this year, but everything yeah. got delayed, you know, because of Breakpoint and because of Division 2 and how those games performed last year. And so, like, this is kind of a result of that, but, you know, to everything you're saying, Next Gen... When, especially when you look at the beginning of next year, the beginning of the beginning of next year, you know, January, February isn't jam packed yet. And so when you have a big audience of people that are going to have the next the next gen systems going into next year, right? Like we have Hitman three, we have Far Cry six, we now have Riders Republic, and we have like maybe maybe a couple other games announced that I can't really think of off the off the top of my head. You know, it 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 is that time to shine. Like it, it is the right time to come out and be like, hey. Riders Republic is a, is a new IP game you've never heard of, but is a game that is available for your PS5 that you just bought. And so, Dude, hey, why not? Exactly. And if it's beautiful and it's fun and it's there and it's like the it's like SSX on uh, PS2, like, sure, of course. Like, yeah, I mean, it makes yeah. sense to get in early. I think it's a smart move from Ubisoft. And yes, it's there. Some of these titles are going to cannibalize each other and get in their way. Like if I'm still totally hung up on Valhalla, am I going to get to uh, Phoenix Rising right away? Probably not. But again, it is a different kind of thing, but it is kind of same. Who knows? I there's so many different things in here and it is pick your own poison thing where it's the same thing you, you know, you brought up um, Scott Pilgrim, which I remember, man, uh, going, having them bring that by the IGN demo rooms and capture bays and everybody being so stoked to play it. And I just, it wasn't my jam. I understood it and I respected it. Oh God. Well, I respected it burping in the microphone, uh, but it just wasn't like what I wanted to play. So I think that's the thing here where it is this, big old menu of games and you're going to pick and choose what you want and there are people for sure like and other sean you might be one of them right that is like hey i want all these games i don't think you're the majority exactly like i'm pretty much like on the flip side of you as far as like the games i'm looking at on this list sure right where where i can skip valhalla uh immortals phoenix rising i'm gonna want to check out i'm probably i'm i might uh, go for Riders Republic over Far Cry 6 because Far Cry 5 just wasn't my jam, right? And like, I think there's there are going to be so many people that fall into either one of those camps when it comes to so many of these games coming out this fall. Like Ubisoft games usually hit. Like I don't know, if, I don't know if there is an. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if there's an overall Ubisoft fan when it comes to the types of games I'm into. I think you're, you're probably close to that in terms of the games that you like and play. But you know, I find it difficult to think that somebody's going to be a fan of every single one of these games. I'm going to want to check exactly. out every single one of these games. Uh, next question about this Ubisoft presentation, it'll be the final one too, is Borzen00. Borzen00 wrote in kind of funny, no, well, kind of funny.com slash Patreon, but Patreon.com slash kind of funny games, and then clicked on the participation link and then found the link you needed. Uh, and says, Good morning, Blessing and Greg. This might be a super inside baseball question, but after yesterday, I have to ask, how hard would it be to change an embargo, embargo time the day of? Same move at a total of 10 minutes into the future. Ubisoft yesterday released a video on Twitter talking about the changes they are making regarding sexual harassment that has been reported that has been reported there, I see, uh, but said they could not include it in the presentation in the presentation due to time concerns. The only time concern I see is that there was a preview embargo for embargo for immortals, gods and monsters. Uh, was it so hard for Ubisoft to ask for 10 more minutes before posting the previews or was it truly an impossible task by Ubisoft and the media alike? Uh, Boris, and it's interesting you bring this up. If you missed it, ladies and gentlemen, yes. I know you talked about this on Games Daily yesterday, right? I, I think yeah, I believe it's I heard a little you bit. Talk about. Uh, Yves Gamal uh, had a video that went up on the Ubisoft Twitter that was addressing, hey, there's been a whole bunch of shit happening over here, both in terms of sexual harassment and then the Black Lives Matter video. And we're not a place that stands for hate and we're changing it. And we're riding the ship. And I'm sorry, this had to be there. And the universal response to the video was, oh, 
hey, that's a cool video. I hope you include this in the presentation you're about to do for everyone. And uh, the one other Ubisoft Twitter responded to one person who said basically that and said this. We hear you. Due to timing constraints, we chose to release the video as a standalone message before our hashtag UBForward event. But we are working to ensure it will be available in full in the VOD versions of the show. And that is the one that fucking set off the world to the point of Jeff Keighley coming off the bench and responding. Just He just responds, come on. And that yeah. is the thing. Uh, Borders, and it's interesting to see you go to the embargo. Of course, at 1245, when the event ended, is when the Immortals, Gods, and Monsters preview embargo lifted. And that's when, you know, uh, we were able to talk about it. You were counting down live on the stream to when you could actually say something about it, Bless. This, I'll be as clear as possible. This had nothing to do with that. That is not what this was. This was very much a calculated marketing move from Ubisoft of, listen, a small us vocal us set of gamers uh is paying attention to this bigger story about the troubles we've had internally and they want to know that we're working on it and we see them we do it so we will put this video out in a way that they will see but we'll put it out in a way that not the whole world will see we don't they did not want this to be part of their official messaging uh they did not want the stories to be about this thing they didn't they wanted to be about the games and there's uh, uh, an entirely different 45-minute show we could do arguing back and forth about that. Personally, I think it's cowardly. I think that it's a bad look for them. I think that this is not how I would have handled it. I would have had the Yves video open the fucking show. I would have said, but now you know, now let's look at the work of thousands, if not, I, don't know, I mean, I might be, I think it's thousands. Ubisoft's fucking huge. There's right? a lot of Ubisoft. Yeah. Thousands of Ubisoft employees who are good people who have done good things and have been working their asses off to make you cool shit. I understand uh, you know, from a messaging, corporate, whatever PR side of it, of like, we can have our it, t- cake and eat it too. We can put it up early. This can be the, and again, like people were bagging on the Twitter person. This is the fucking corporate response they told them to do. It's a shitty one at that. It's an incredibly shitty one. Like, due it, to yeah, timing constraints, you made the fucking show. Right now, it, Games Daily is seven minutes over. I make the fucking show. It's okay. And like, this you know, isn't like new. This isn't a new thing, right? Like this is a. These issues have been around since before the oh first my God, before. Yeah. <laughs> I know this happened last time. You last time it was like you should have said something and re-edited the video, but okay, whatever. Yeah. And this like time, last time, no, I, like no. last time, a little bit, I was like, all right, I can see how the time constraints could line up with that. But you've had since then uh, to work on this thing, you know. And like I, I, I think some of this probably comes down like the the excuse is a very bad excuse. I think the some of this probably shitty as fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. And I think some of this probably also comes down to like you don't like a lot of us don't necessarily know like the the battles that are happening behind the scenes in terms of like of course, all right, like you know what. I'm sure there are people there that are like, hey, we should put this in the thing, all right? Or we should have some some sort of statement that is even like going even even uh, more so or more into like the, the, the ways, the, the things we can do better, like the ways we can tackle this stuff. But like, you know, who knows how that stuff panned out behind the scenes? Who knows like what happened? Uh, this very much seems like a, this seems like a mistake to me. Like this scene, the, the message seems jumbled in terms of the way that it came out. Right, one, it not being part of the Ubisoft board. Uh, two, that tweet response. Like there's something, there's something there that feels like it just didn't line up. Like two departments weren't speaking in a way that, that totally. you know. It, it seems like, like they they know. just gave the social person like, hey, this is gonna happen, and just tell them it was this. And yeah. again. The social person, I, I'm not expecting to then bat uh, punch above their weight class here and be like, 
no, I'm making a stand. And because again, like it's a shitty situation. And again, that I have no idea. Hopefully the social person's a great person <laughs> and shouldn't have their work tainted by this. Yousef's our personal friend and did an amazing job hosting this. I understand not wanting to open a show with a downer. You know what I mean? Of like, hey, we're, 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 we're but again, I think it's for, I don't know. I'm ranting, I guess, at this point, saying the same things. I think it was a cowardly move. I think they didn't want any bad PR about it. Also, they put the video out knowing that even if we were all mad about it, it would be washed over by all this news. Also, and again, there's a million different things going on. So perhaps I'm not looking at the right thing, but I Googled Ubisoft YouTube. I found the Ubisoft forward official live stream September 2020. And it is just a, it is the two and a half hour version with the countdown clock and the pre-show and the actual show and the post-show no eves go mom video in this so i don't know what version of the on-demand version is supposed to have this in there it's i mean it might just be a twitter thing hey put on twitter let it let that get buried by the timeline and that's so fucked up you know what i mean because again like i don't like it's 2020 and it's been a shit burger every year and every fucking time we turn around someone is being a fucking complete asshole and you have no idea why they think they can get away with it and fuck them into the ground that doesn't reflect on everybody and it, for the good people to stand up and be like, Hey, in, for easy go And I know that there's again, another 45 minute podcast of how much did he know? Why is he promoting? What was it? His son or nephew or whatever to leave. There's a whole bunch of different shit going on, but to come out there and do a mea culpa and fall on the sword and be like, Hey, it's been fucked up here and we're working on it. And I don't, I personally take responsibility for that. And I don't want this to reflect on these people's work. I, we want to keep making games, but we also want to make uh, be a healthy place to make games. Ubisoft, I think, has done up until uh, really all this was popping off. I thought we had we had talked a lot about Ubisoft in this crazy trajectory from being on the ropes, about to be taken over by Vivendi, and to fight back and listen to their audience and stop making Assassin's Creed Annual and make cool games. And sure, they fuck stuff up, but they also commit to their communities and do this like. They do a lot of stuff right, and they have. And I think that this is one of the ways they handled this. Was I think this is one of the examples of how they handled something wrong. Yeah. And I don't. And I. And I'm not saying throw them out, ban them, do whatever. I just think it's like, you, I can see the fucking meeting where they're talking about how to handle this, and we'll make the video, we'll put it live. This will go over. Don't attach it to the show. This will be the messaging if somebody asks about it because it'll all be washed away in the morning, and that's a shitty fucking thing to do. Yeah. Everybody's a human. The the message of 2020 has been everybody's fucking human, and we all make mistakes, and you can be a good person still. Get it together. That's kind of where I, I stand on it. Yeah. Just get it together. Yeah. Sort sort it the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are way over, and I did pad the show earlier because there wasn't that much news happening before the fucking explosion of this Apple stuff. So just to give you some to tie off the loose ends, why was the Xbox Series X codenamed Lockhart? Brad Sams asked Aaron Greenberg that question, and Greenberg responded on Twitter. We often use cities as code names. In this case, it comes from Lockhart, Texas. They are known as the little city with the big heart. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. adorable. Of why, why oh, the Xbox Series S was called a Lockhart. That's good. That's good. What, what, what was it called? The, the Anaconda. Uh, you know, that, that's an interesting. Hold on. Actually, let me check my DMs here. Because uh, Anaconda exactly, is in the city, right? No, no, no. <laughs> and that's the thing. Here, but here's where it gets interesting. Brad Sam's in the original tweet was, uh, what was the logic behind the Lockhart name? We know why Anaconda was chosen, but not Lockhart. And I was like, we do? do? And I, I Googled around and I didn't find it. And so I actually DM Brad. I was like, hey, why is this called the Anaconda? <laughs> I haven't gotten a response yet. He's working real hard. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you do know. Uh, n- number four was going to be that Warframe is getting smaller. It was James O'Connor at GameSpot. If you are playing Warframe, uh, they put up a blog post today talking about the multiple updates they're about to do to decrease the size of Warframe since it is Love ginormous, that. I guess. So that's pretty cool. And then GameStop is closing even more stores. Oh, no. uh, they had originally 
originally said uh, this year, this is from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Uh, they had originally said that they were going to do, what, uh, 300, but they now uh, increased that by 100. So it's going to be between 400 and 450 stores uh, closing uh, this year. Uh, closures will continue into 2021. So for a remember, while. remember early, earlier this year where GameStop was having a huge controversy <laughs> because they wouldn't uh, like close their stores or whatever for oh, yeah. because of coronavirus. Yeah, it's so weird how long this year has been. This year's been. Remember when Cooking Mama oh. came out or didn't come out? Didn't come out, but then it did come out. <laughs> didn't you tweet the other day? I'm like, is Cooking Mama? Can I buy Cooking Mama or not? I don't yeah. Know. Oh, Lord Almighty. Um, oh, and then also uh, Jeffy Grub Grub had it I had a, had it here from GamesBeat that uh, GameStop is starting its own next-gen installment program, totally uh, separate from the Xbox uh, payment program. So that's all cool. Those were the stories I was going to toss at you, but didn't need to. Uh, blessing. I'm going to just do the list and not make you do the thing, all right? Out today uh, for video games, if you're wondering, is Firework on Switch, Doodle Derby on Switch, Weak Wood. Ah, fuck you, Kevin. God damn it. <laughs> Weak Wood Throne on Switch. Uh, it, uh, uh, what is it? Inertial? An- an- inertial oh, Drift inertial on Switch. Drift, yeah. uh, Bob Mazzolini Racing on PC and Mac. Dark Air on PC. Uh, Our Past on PC and Mac. Cave Explorer on PC. So pretty much nothing, but congratulations for all these games that are out. Uh, new dates for you. Until You Fall is coming to PlayStation VR and Oculus Quest on September 29th. And Omo is getting a free prologue on Steam today. Um, no. Today. 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 Nobody needed to know that. You know what um, I mean? No. Can you let me just slide by? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I think the developers of Omno oh, <laughs> would like it to be called Omno. The developers of Omno are watching the fucking show. They can write in and yell at me about it. All right? Please don't write in. I'm sorry. I got your name wrong. And I'm, I, everybody makes games. That's great. We all love you. I'm just fucking around. We're trying to get out of the goddamn show. They got to review fucking Mizuguchi Goes to Washington or whatever the fuck movie. Oh, that was after this. They can wait. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was an important show like KFAF, you know? Hey, there we go. Uh, (laughs) Blessing, we ask people to squad up. This is where you write into patreon.com slash games. Give us your name, username, uh, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you and everybody plays games together. Today, we have a different one. The nanobiologist, Mr. You're Wrong himself writes in wanting you to go to his twitch channel the nanobiologist all one word normally i wouldn't do it of course no, not because i hate anybody or anything like that but just twitch promotion isn't really squatting up but nanobiologist writes uh every saturday i do an asmr flight stream in microsoft flight simulator uh there was news today that the fires in california and oregon are showing up in the game so my stream tomorrow is a charity west coast flight to raise money for firefighting efforts and relief for all those working hard to stop the fires and those affected by them as well nano airways flight 1337 takes off at 10 a.m eastern please stop by if you can so we can raise money for those in need right now of course, blessing. We are on the West Coast and all too familiar with how fucked up this apocalyptic hellscape is with all these oh, forest yeah. fires. So, yes, if you have the means, please, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, hit up twitch.tv slash the nanobiologist. Give what you can to support the firefighters out here who are doing God's work. Uh, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games earlier we had done well and i think we still did but people editorializing in here as usual so here we go uh nanobiologist reports that sports story was delayed but no new date was provided so that's good 
Infinite Nerd says, Greg, you stated that the updated Switch had better battery. It actually had the same battery, but a more efficient processor that turn that in turn created. People say this every time. It's a better it's like, battery. Didn't I say battery life? And if and I didn't, Infinite Nerd, you fucking nerd. Either way, it's the same result. Oh, I can play my games me. longer. It's it's not actually better battery life, it's battery efficiency. <laughs> yeah, uh, I read articles on IGN and remember the facts. Fuck off. All right, we're here talking about goddamn toys. <laughs> no, thank you for writing in. We love you. I need to clarify. We love you very much. <laughs> Sometimes I do the Greg character on people and they, they do not get it. I don't know if you would get an infinite nerd. We love you. I got it. I, apparently, Prince of Persia is coming to Switch because this person said they pre-ordered it on Switch. First off, don't skip ahead. All right. If you're going to skip ahead and read everything, delete the ones I don't want to read. All right. All right. All right. But I can't read your mind, though. I don't know which know, ones you don't want to read. No, yeah. Jo- John uh, Rose Tyler says Prince is coming to Switch and is available at GameStop. I pre ordered it. Uh, I have bad news. I'm on the Prince of Persia Ubisoft site oh, where shit. I can pre order it and it's PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. I guess yeah, that. I went on The Verge and it's just PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yeah, I think GameStop just took your money, dude, and they're going to close soon, so you better fucking get a refund. Yeah. You are in trouble. They will just fucking cut and run on you on that one. Um, uh, Nanobiologist says, regarding Xbox code names, it looks like Xbox uses one code name based on reptiles. Xbox One was codenamed the Durango based on the Durango Night Lizard. That, okay. I don't know if that ha- I, I want Brad Sam to explain like what he's talking Durango? about. That's not the name of the movie with Johnny Depp. You know what I'm talking about? Django. No, that's Jan- no, no, no. That's a different one. No, you're right. Rango. 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 Right? Good. Well, he was a little lizard man. I remember yeah. that. That was. I don't. Re- I never saw the movie, but it was an easy platinum. It was it's an easy platinum trophy right. you if you wanted to. Get- remember me. Um, and this is breaking news from Justin. The Xbox Series S will run xbox one s versions of backwards compatible games and won't apply xbox one x enhancements microsoft confirms this is via shinobi on twitter it sounds like a bigger news story we'll tackle on monday than right yeah now. i don't like Maybe that run. yeah <laughs> you wanted one remember You're like, i I'll did want one and that makes me a little bit sad Ladies and gentlemen, we have a post show to do, but before we get out of here, remember that we are Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. Next week is a banger. Uh, Monday, it'll be Blessing and Tim. Tuesday, it'll be Blessing and Imran. Wednesday, it will be me and Paris. That's right. Paris Lily coming through. I've never hosted a show with Paris, just me, one-on-one. Really? I'm excited. Yeah. He's awesome. I know. No, I like him. I know him. I talk to him. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want, I hate it when I look at the screen, but you're, I should be looking at the camera. Uh, Thursday, it'll be me and Felicia Day. Friday, it'll be me and Blessing. Exciting stuff. Uh, like I said, we got a post show to do. You know where you can get the show for free youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Like, subscribe, share uh, podcast services around the globe. Uh, but you can go patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Watch the post show we're about to do. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>